Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Maybe, maybe it's more a pedophile joke that fits in here. Uh, yeah, okay, but then it wouldn't be so different. Okay, so we are back with a new episode of Bad Movies and Swedish Opinions. Today we have been watching a movie called The Velasso Pastor. Veloci Pastor. How, what is the correct pronunciation? Veloci Pastor, I think. Veloci Pastor. Yeah, it's, it's from the dinosaur, if you don't get it. It's a, it's a play on words. Uh, it was released in the year 2018. Uh, the director, writer and producer is called Brendan Steer. He had a budget of about $35,000 to make this movie, so it's not a very huge budget. He was also funded by a relative, I think. A fun thing about this movie is that he actually, in around 2010, when he attended school, that he got the idea that when he was texting with a friend and he was supposed to write the dinosaur Velociraptor, but it autocorrected itself to Velocipaster, and there is where he got the idea of the movie. Pretty fun, right? Yep. I mean, <laughs> I, I've heard worse premises for making a movie. <laughs> right. It's not much to go on. But based on this, he actually made a fake uh, or a pretend uh, trailer for this movie and got a lot of views on YouTube, and then he started to ask for fundings and managed to get it. I mean, this is the idea was uh, in 2010, and it was released in 2018. So you can just imagine the, the, the process here. It's, it's a very long time. Yeah, he must be roughly as passionate as the guy that made Birdemics. <laughs> but I actually, uh, I think this movie is good in a way, but we'll get to that. Uh, what, what is your first impression of reading the title Velocipaster? Actually, pretty spot on. I think, uh, Pastor, that oh, it was something dinosaur about. Yeah, it sounds very Sharkenstein. Yeah, I mean, when people are reviewing this movie, they're kind of, you know, going in the direction of Sharknado. I haven't seen those movies, but uh, I guess it's pretty big to be compared to Sharknado. I'm guessing they have a bigger budget and bigger names in their movies. I have so. seen the first Sharknado, and I can say I like this movie a lot more because when I read the title, I was hoping it would be like a B movie that is unserious enough to make fun of itself, and that's exactly what it was, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I can draw comparisons to like Alien versus Ninja in a way. I was also thinking of Alien versus Ninjas because the two are kind of similar in, shall we say. The comedy way. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, Ex- exactly. Execution wise, I mean, this is a, a parody. Uh, there's no, there's no discussion about it, and and he is really uh, playing on himself also. Uh, that this is supposed to be a ridiculous movie with ridiculous lines and ridiculous situations and ridiculous scenes. And I think he nails it in many ways. I think this is really good. We'll probably give him some criticism but as, as this review is going, but uh, we'll see. Maybe it's a 10 out of 10. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> uh, take baby steps, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, so let's let's jump into the movie. Um, first of all, we are going to just uh, just going through the plot pretty fast, uh, and then we're going to talk a bit about the characters, and then we're going to move throughout the story in, in a roughly fast pace. So, uh, Ruben, if you if you want if you want to, can you explain what is this movie about? Well, it's about uh, this priest. Uh, what's his name? Douglas. Jones, whatever he he has just become a priest basically, and uh, when he leaves church, he uh, sees his parents and they die in a car explosion right outside of church, and he is uh, uh, getting uh, the advice that he should go somewhere and try to find God or somewhere where God does not exist and see if he can find God within himself. So he leaves China, and somehow he gets. A dinosaur tooth that he cuts his hand on, and this tooth transforms him into a velociraptor. It's kind of a werewolf thing. Yeah, right, right. So, um, so we are directly introduced to our first uh, two characters, which is Doug Jones, the Velocipaster, and Father Stewart, who has have written in my notes here that he is the second pastor who was in a war and lost both his friend and his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but also, that, and this is pretty funny actually, that uh, Father Stewart is played by Brendan Steer's father. Oh. Yeah, actually, I saved that one. I didn't say it before we started recording because I wanted to surprise you. Are you surprised? Yeah, uh, I was surprised actually. Yeah. Exactly. But I actually liked him. I think it was pretty good. Uh, I, I kind of guessing that they threw him in there because they, they had him available, you know, sitting at the diner's room and talking about this movie and that they need a pastor. And that's like, okay, sure, I can do it. But and I also not... thought he was pretty good at it. Yeah, he's not the worst. And I uh, must say that I think that's the best scene in the whole movie. Like, he's a war flashback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right, this is good. But we'll get to that later. Okay, so the, the movie starts out with, you know, uh, a dog seeing his parents die. And if we stop right there it's like in the beginning of the movie but the first thing we see is it's a jump clip here so he decides to he sees the cars and his parents and then he just like switch it and you you hear an explosion and then you see a text called vfx this car is on fire and i actually stopped the movie at that time because then i thought fuck, I have gotten a, a bad version of this movie. So I started to look for a different kind of movie. So I actually spent like a half an hour trying to find a different one. And then I just started to Google and people was like, no, 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 it's supposed to be in a movie. And I was like, oh, fuck. But that- Yeah, I, I, I started to like analyze the movie. Oh, are there going to be effects in this movie at all? Or 
Like, I didn't, barely thought that he was going to transform. It's just going to be ticks over his face or something. In the first, I didn't like that thing, and I will get to that later. Um, I actually liked it. That's what I mean when I say that I hope this movie wouldn't take itself seriously. And that's exactly the kind of thing that I was hoping they would add. I mean, this is a good joke. It's not like that. I'm just, uh, I'm, I, my point is that these kind of jokes throw you off, and that's good. But since this is, uh, I, I, since this is a pretty creative way of, you know, uh, catching your viewers' uh, attention, I think you should use it one more time in the movie. Like, uh, if something is on fire or something, just throw in this ridiculous. We don't, we, we couldn't afford making this. So, can you imagine this is fire? You know, just just think about it. <laughs> and, so, and then you because then you make that kind of a reference to the first scene, and you don't have to do it, but then you kind of okay, it's a running gag, and and I I I, I like it more like that. They kind of do it with that random quote at the end, which that one? they throw in. Well, I can talk about oh, it when we no, get there. Yeah, we, we'll get there. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, I actually like the dialogue after the parents died. Uh, that uh, it, it gives him a reason because he's a priest and, of course, he's tied up to his church. But he needs a reason to to leave the church, and his parents is dead, and he's of course uh, grieving. And he gets some good advice from uh, his father, and you know, go to a place where apparently God doesn't exist, and that place is for some reason China. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if that's offensive to Chinese people or not, but too, I did yeah. chuckle at least. Yeah, me yeah. too. I, I wrote yeah. down in my notes something else, but we'll get to that later. He's like, <laughs> so he goes to China, and and uh, Adam, can you explain what he is doing in China at this point? Uh, yeah, it happens very fast in China because. Uh, uh, when he's in China, he's out like in the wilderness, like in the middle of a forest for some reason. And there is this uh, woman that's being chased by a ninja in China for some reason. And uh, the ninja shoots the woman with, uh, with a bow. So uh, she gets injured, falls over, and Doug comes across her. Turns out that she has like this dinosaur tooth, and uh, she tells him in Chinese to take it and destroy it, but he doesn't understand because he doesn't speak Chinese, so he just takes it. And then the woman dies, and he injures himself on the tooth, and then he becomes like cursed with this Velociraptor curse. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, the first thing I thought when she was falling down and starting to, to speak in China is that, is this girl Chinese? I mean, she looked Japanese. Adam, you are our Asian expert. Uh, I, I actually don't know. Uh, She's it, Asian. Yeah, it's a strange mix because he was in China, but at the same time, uh, like the enemies in this movie are the ninjas, and ninjas are very Japanese. Yeah, exactly. But uh, this kind of happens out of random. I mean, it's fine. Uh, there is, I guess, a hundred different ways that he could get a hold of this dinosaur tooth. 
uh, I was about to talk about in the end about how he's always tying up the loose ends. I think this is the only loose end that he leaves. Uh, what, what, where did the tooth come from? I'm guessing, I mean, from a dinosaur, but why does she have it? Uh, the bad guy in the end says something about there used to be lots of them fighting uh, the ninjas or whatever, but they killed all of them except for this last last uh, dragon thing that he has. Okay. It was really hard to follow him because he was talking Chinese and my and my uh, subtitle wasn't the, the best. Yeah, exactly. So with this happening, he kind of faints. And then he wakes up at home. And first I was a bit uh, mindfucked about that uh, because uh, I thought, like, was this, was this all a dream? Because he didn't really have any injury on his hand either. So it must have gone some time. But apparently this is uh, the director's way of telling him that he apparently got home. And after that, he started to have these weird dreams, I guess, about that specific situation. Yeah, they kind of threw me off as well. Yeah, so it wasn't the best of transitions between scenes. I think he could have done this better. What did you think, uh, Victor? Uh, About the transition, I mean. I had a really hard time with this movie uh, in transitions in general. Most things in general in this movie. I was mostly confused. I will get a bit more on that later. Uh, One thing that he also does in this scene is, you know... He's saying repeatedly that he's hungry, which, I mean, he's, he's telling us, the viewers, that, oh, no, he's, he's transitioning into this weird, we lost a pastor thing. I think it's good. They kind of gradually move into this. Uh, so if it's gone some time, I guess he's been affected. And now he's part, he started to, to move over to the dark side. Mm. Uh, yeah, and then we introduce our third and... Not the last character in that per se, but the last character that we're going to give some uh, 15 minutes of fame of. Her name is Carol, and I have written here in my notes that she is the hooker who should have be in the Avengers. She is far the biggest badass in the movie. Yeah, she is. I mean, the, the, the pastor dog, he's like fighting off one person at a time, and she's just taking on everybody else. She's a, she's a real like, a badass girl. Yeah, I don't know what kind of martial arts she has been practicing, but it's hella effective. They do a, a subtle thing here, and I don't know if it's subtle, but uh, or if you even can read something into this, but uh, he bumps into her, which, I mean, it's a bit strange, but now we get to see her at least. And she gives money to the homeless before she meets up with her pimp, but giving a homeless little bit of money is, I think, for the director's way of showing that she's a nice person. And a uh, nice person doesn't deserve shit. And she's going to get some shit only a few seconds later, because what happens, Ola? What happens is that uh, she meets up with uh, her pimp, and this guy is the most rotten bastard in the whole world. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. <laughs> He's so over the top. Like they couldn't make this guy more evil, even if they tried. Yeah, exactly. He's a very stereotypical. Okay, maybe not a stereotypical, but he's definitely up there amongst the the vicious pimps that you have seen in movies before. Uh, he is. He, I don't know if 
if she is and excuse me for the term, but his bottom bitch, like the the real money bringer, and that she hasn't done a good job. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, sorry. <laughs> like I'm trying to excuse for him hitting her. There is none. Fuck him. Uh, okay, so now that we have like established that she has a pretty shitty life and the uh, dog is running into a, a, a velociraptor. So now we need to make these characters meet. And how does these two meet? Uh, well, for some reason, she's in the forest later on and then someone attacks her and uh, tries to get her money, but she says that she doesn't have any and that her pimp has all the money. So uh, he gets upset by this and he's, I guess, attacking her in some way. I don't re- really remember. But then Doug shows up and he transforms and he saves her bacon, basically. Exactly. Because the weird part here is that when she, when the dog bumps into uh, to Carol before she gets slapped by a pimp, he's just running off. And apparently he's being like confused and just running aimlessly throughout the whole day until the night. So he must be super confused. Uh, and she is in the forest for some reason. I don't know about hookups, but uh, I don't think there are that many in the in the forest. Doesn't matter. She gets robbed and he saves her as a dinosaur. So she is the first one to get to see him as a fully frontal dinosaur. Uh, she. The funny thing here was that when she saw him eating up her, eating up his robber, she tried to smoke a, c- a cigarette again. Like she was really scared, but she really wanted, she really wanted that cigarette. I just thought that was funny. Later on, she wakes up. Uh, he wakes up in her place, and uh, <laughs> apparently yeah. they, they they slept together. Right, Autumn. Yeah, this is actually a really funny scene because he wakes up and he doesn't remember what happened. And then she talks a bit about uh, what happened and he jumps to the conclusion that they had sex, even though she means that, no, you transformed into a dinosaur and you killed a guy. Yeah, and here is something that the director and the actors managed to do in a good way. And that is for the director to to really uh, show his idea or thought about what he really wants out of this scene, and the actors can, with uh, their skills, really you know show off this confusion confusion between them, and it really works. It's really funny, and I actually like this scene very much. Yeah, it's it, very very Stefano Cristo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good that you throw in free Swedish. Uh, That's a reference that no well, one can understand. No. Yeah, free people. I don't even. Have, we don't even have free people listening, so no one will understand that reference. But it's a good reference. Yes, people can Google. Yeah, and now that they had sex, and apparently it was good, she wants to uh, tell him that he's a dinosaur and uh, that. Uh, that it's weird. But of course, he doesn't believe her and also throws in that dinosaur never existed, which is a pretty funny thing. I know it's a typical religious thing, but it's really funny. 
I mean, the Earth is only six thousand years old, right? Yeah. Uh, she she takes him to where the place where he killed the robber and show show, show him uh, the corpse. And his first reaction is, "Why did you cover him with leaves?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think this would be a good place for them to put out that uh, takes with life. Uh, visual effect, mangled corpse or something. Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, it's a pretty funny scene. And, and here also is the, the dialogue is really good. Uh, when she she and him are talking about making up this plan of how to to control the uh, not control because that's actually one note that I have, but that that they should use this to to kill off you know bad guys in the world. But as I written here, in my note is that how does she or him know that he can control it because uh, based on what we're seeing so far, he cannot. But then they have a funny montage. Exactly. So, Adam, should you take the montage? I've written it really weird in my notes here. I actually want to hear what you have written in your notes. Okay, so <laughs> there is a montage and he is acting as a priest. He is dating this girl, Carol. And he's killing people as the Velociraptor. So in this montage, montage, they are showing off him acting as a priest and doing his normal stuff, but also acting as a Velociraptor on the evenings or nights, I guess. And going and, to the gym a lot. Yeah, that's my note here. Um, How the hell is him working out as a human help him as a dinosaur? <laughs> He's even doing some uh, martial arts or something. How does that help him? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. And also, at this point, uh, he has actually killed Carol's pimp also, because he came to confess at the church. Right, he did that before. Yeah, actually, that's good. And that's also a pretty funny scene, actually. The, the pimp is really overdoing it. The dog is having a confession, because, you know, that's what priests or Catholics do. And uh, the priest kind of, you know, reveals that he killed his parents. And this was actually, a, I'm not going to say twist, but I was actually surprised. Because I thought, and I wrote that in the beginning of my notes, is that she, this is never coming up in the movie again. His parents is dead, but they will never mention it again in the movie. But it was actually an important part of the movie. And the pimp is actually the murderer. And he was hired. So his parents worked as a plot device in the movie, and it was a reference back towards the beginning of the movie. And this is good. Yeah, it's a very clever movie. Exactly, and this is a loose end that many directors or scriptwriters miss. Not that uh, they need to reference to people being killed all the time, but uh, it's a big moment in his life when his parents died, and it keeps coming back to him in different uh, ways. There's a flashback further down the road, as we will talk about too. Uh, so it's, it's a big impact for him in the movie, which is very good. In the later movie, we are introduced to the Ninjas. Autumn, you need to talk about the Ninjas, because they have a really good plan. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, should I go into details, the whole plan, like as it's revealed later on, or just briefly? Uh, you can choose. Okay, so it turns out that their plan is more or less in detail to 
cellular cocaine, which is very addictive in more than normal cocaine, and get uh, people hooked to it, and then cut off the supply so people will crave cocaine, and then they have to get help, and then apparently they'll turn to the church for help. So these people will become uh, faithful fanatic Christians. So it turns out that these ninjas are actually Christians that want to help bolster the ranks. Yeah, this is so absurd. I mean, can you actually imagine him sitting and, I don't know, brainstorming with himself the motive of these ninjas? <laughs> and he came up with this. <laughs> it's, you gotta admire that. No one saw that coming. Yeah, it's very creative. I gotta give him that. Uh, it's it's strange. I can't even describe it even more than that. Then they have this weird laughing scene where they just laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's not a typical cliche move. I would say it's good. It works. That it's it's more at the cliche. Uh, it's wait. like they they start over and over a few times. It's so yeah, weird. exactly. Yeah. Um, Pastor Stewart kind of noticed that uh, that dog has been a more been more absent. He's spending more time with his Carol girl, and also he hasn't eaten in a couple of days. And the uh, dog tells him that, "No, no, you don't need to worry. I'm just different." And I actually thought that this was a missed opportunity of a gay joke. I I know it's lame, but I just thought about it. Throw in a gay joke. He's different. Like, why? How are you different? Like, yeah, I'm a dinosaur. Oh, thank God, I thought you were. Maybe, maybe it's more a pedophile joke that fits in here. Uh, yeah, okay, but then he would be so different. Yeah, <laughs> than like every, every other Catholic <laughs> priest. But wasn't totally it a gay joke, though? Because he says something like, I'm different, and he says, no, there are plenty of people like you in the church. I thought he was referring to gay people, but maybe that's just me. I thought he was referring to pedophiles. I That could also be, I actually don't know. Okay, so maybe it was a joke that I just missed it. Uh, minus points to me. Uh, doesn't matter, he takes him to... Uh, no, he does not. Just there's a flashback in the beginning, before this. And it's because, you know, he's starting to... He's been killing a lot now, you know, since the montage. And he's starting to question his actions. Is he doing the right thing? And, you know, he asks, what would my parents do? And then he goes back with no, no, he doesn't go back, but there's a flashback. And he's sitting and having a nice time with his parents, and they seem to be very supportive. And for some reason, when people are supportive, they laugh all the time. <laughs> I mean, wasn't that the weirdest scene? I mean, of course, you only have a few seconds to really build up that supportive atmosphere, but you know, laughing for like five minutes, come on. Yeah. Or it was it or it, it didn't bother you? Eh. Uh, it was a bit over the top, but so is everything in this movie. So, yeah, and it has to work for a scene later in the movie as well. Yeah, exactly. That is, <laughs> that is actually good. Yeah. Okay, but you know, you really get the, you really get, as I said before, you get the, 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 the you get the feeling that he has support from his parents to become a priest, and of course, he wants to go good in life and. We applaud this scene. And, of course, uh, later on, they need to work with an exorcist because that's an old friend to Stuart. 
and everybody who is a priest knows an exorcist and everybody has been excluded from the church and became a satanist or whatever exorcist people do on their free time and now this is this is what i thought would be strange because in this scene stewart and dog are talking to this exorcist guy first of all he's very young but second of all when he's explaining what they're supposed to do they kind of move over to Stuart, and he starts to have an inner monologue with himself. <laughs> so, like he's really stoning away. Like he doesn't even give a shit what this guy is saying. <laughs> it's like I don't know where did he get this from? Because then it's a flashback, and we get this information of him being I don't know in Vietnam or whatever, and uh, and he lost his friend and he lost his girlfriend. And there's a lot of funny scenes here. Um, I don't know if you should uh, talk about that more. Uh, I, I thought it was really funny that uh, instead of using a younger actor to play father, Stuart, they used the same guy, but just put on a blonde wig on him, which is, <laughs> that was really funny. And he actually had the same glasses too. So that is awesome. <laughs> I don't know if it's a miss, but it totally works out. <laughs> So um, they move back from the flashback and you get more information about Stuart. Uh, and now we kind of have a background on every character. So uh, the director's done a good job this far to actually build, uh, build a life for these three characters. So now they, have do now they are doing the seance. And Autumn, since you're an expert of seance, uh, what are they going to do? Well, basically, uh, use the power of God to purify him, but it doesn't quite work out because he's not possessed by a demon. He's just like a human-dinosaur hybrid. So it doesn't work out. He just ends up transforming. Yeah, and he totally kills... I, I thought so at the point, at least. He kills Father Stuart. And that was really weird. Why did he go after him? And, yeah. based on, and based on this, if he can't, you know, uh, see right from wrong, how is he handling being a vicious killer on the evening or night? Now it's proven. Strange because that one really shows that he has no control over it. Exactly. So with this in mind, he doesn't have control of it. And then it doesn't make sense for him to, to actually, you know, do it as a career move or whatever you want to call it. So did, do you, did you think that this was the right way from the director to, to, to hurt Stuart? Or was it a swing and a miss? I don't like this scene very much. I think they could have done it in a better way. Do you think yeah. they could have managed without it? Yes, I actually. I didn't think too much of it. Yeah, it's the most forgettable scene, I would say. Well, moving on, he has have a sex scene, and we don't really need to talk about much there because, of course, he's uh, trying to be a, a bit funny there too, maybe, with hands over the old places. But the only thing I want to mention here is that he actually does a good job of showing off the connection between those two guys. And this is also a thing, I don't know what to call it a loose end or whatnot, but you know, that uh, these two seem to be in love in some way, and now you need to show it. And it's kind of late in the movie, which is making, it would make sense, because 
they have been, you know, dating for a while since the montage, and you know, they had sex together twice, I think, and you know, now they uh, they are in love, and he's showing this in such a good way because he's showing all the memories that they have together, and he's showing like previous uh, scenes from the movie, you know, and uh, I thought it was very good. I thought it was annoying. Okay. <laughs> Why would I want a flashback of the whole movie that I just watched? But it wasn't a flashback. It was more of, a, you know, showing the connection that they built up. Eh, I didn't care for it. Uh, also, uh, I think the music was good in this scene. I don't even remember. No, I, I just <laughs> read I just read in here in my notes that I thought the music was good. I'm just going to mention it. Um, okay, so... After they had sex and the morning after, they are, you know, sleeping, sleeping in. And of course, what happens, Uben? Three random ninjas throw themselves into their windows, into the bedroom, and wake them up instead of just killing them so they can have a fight scene. You kind of get the sense here that she's a real fighter because she. I don't know if they make a kind of dino reference because you know she's landing in a, in a way you know that makes it look like she's acting like a dinosaur. I don't I don't know if it, the the sex is involved here that maybe that's why she can fight now. You oh, know yeah. I didn't think that far, but I'm glad you're analyzing this at a deeper <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I I gotta say that uh, thinking about it. I mean, she can be good at martial art or whatever, but, you know, kind of feels uh, a bit weird that she is. It is a uh, bit weird because they were three trained ninjas, and I think all three of them were armed, if I don't remember right. And yeah. and Carol and Doug just beat the shit out of them with the bare fists. Yeah. Well, well moving on. And here is a real surprise, at least for me, was that Pastor Stewart survived, and he is recovery at the Ninja's headquarters for some reason. We need to talk a little bit about uh, why people are moving like they do. Um, but not now. Um, so, and, and here is where we got that thing explained that Autumn took uh, earlier, that they want to use the, the Christianity to smuggle cocaine and make people addicted and stuff. And now when Pastor Stewart survived this and they, and they fed him with this information, what, what do they do after this? They murder him. Yeah, what was that about? I actually don't know. I, I didn't see the point either. I guess they needed to explain the plot to someone. Yeah, so they went from, okay, he survived, and to kill him off again. Do you think that during the seance that they kind of regretted that he got hurt and they wanted him to survive... But then they, as you say, Adam, they needed to explain the plot and use him as a plot device and then just to kill him off later on as a cheap joke. Yeah, I think they should have tried to keep him alive, at least for a bit longer, since they went through all the trouble to make sure he survived. Yeah, exactly. He could have died in a fight or whatever. I mean, I guess they didn't want to write any lines for him or anything like that and make it easier for themselves. But ah, I thought this was, this was the weaker part of the movie, I would say. And now we are entering the climax. And we are facing the ninjas. And by we, I mean the, the Velocipastor and Carol. And that's it. During this fight, 
I started to think uh, we haven't seen him as a dinosaur much. And to be a movie about him being a velociraptor, it kind of sucks, you know. But they fixed that uh, in this scene. Um, he uh-huh. turns into a dinosaur and starts fighting off. And we actually get to see him as a dinosaur for the first time. Uh, it's like a Godzilla movie, you know, where they used his blue beam, like in the very end. It's like, come on, I came here to see Godzilla. I want to see the blue beam. Not in the end. I want to see it like several times in the movie because that's what's the badass thing is. Should we talk about the effects here? Ruben, you need to comment on the effects. It looks like ass, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it's clearly a sheep ass custom. <laughs> and and they're ripping off doll arms. And it's just <laughs> ketchup and whatever. And uh, even uh, clearly rips off a uh, doll head in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there is, is there... actually. Yeah, yeah, so that, they, that they painted like a fake mustache with a uh, pencil or something <laughs> on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and as were... for the raptor, you can clearly see the actor's uh, head in the costume like a hump on the back of the raptor. Yeah, exactly. So he's not really filling out the entire costume. It's just like putting his head in the top and which makes the head fall down because the, the costume is too big. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, what I was to talk about is the effect here when he's ripping the head off the main character, the main villain, if you want to call him that. Should we well, mention the brother? Yeah, we should because that's my second uh, most favorite thing about this whole movie. This white ninja you'll be seeing among the ninja group that's like, I, I would say that he has to be masked, but that's saying too much because it's just like he has out and down kind of bandage around his face, not even the whole face. Anyway, he reveals himself, he reveals that it's Doug's uh, brother that suddenly joined the ninjas. And in a very funny twist, uh, it gives a flashback, that scene uh, with Doug's parents when they say something about, uh, oh, you're our only son. And it turns out that his brother <laughs> was behind the seats in the back of the car and listened. Yeah, I actually reacted to that uh, line because I was like, uh, why would you say that? But it totally made sense in, uh, in the end of the movie. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, apparently our uh, uh, pastor has a, a brother that he is fully aware of. I thought maybe that he was like, uh, given away when he was a baby or whatnot, but they grew up together. But <laughs> he's like, "Oh fuck yeah, you do." I <laughs> was pretty funny. Uh, I also think that uh, their fighting scene is funny because the brother throws his sword to the ground or something and says something along the lines of, "I will not stain the blade of my ancestors with your blood." <laughs> and then Doug picks it up instead and stabs him with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and he also says, your ancestors is my ancestor, and he's totally right about that. It's so funny because you kind of get the feeling that the brother did that because he wants an honorable fight, like fist fight, not use a weapon. And Doug is like, oh, okay, then I'll take the weapon. And he just does and stabs him. Right, exactly. But okay, so I think we are done. I think we should 
What? The only thing uh, left, uh, we talked about this random uh, effect that they said, uh, insert car on fire or whatever. Yeah. So at the same time that he rips off the bad guy's head and holds it above his own head, there comes like this Ga- Gandhi quote, like the only way to stop evil is to destroy it or whatever. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's a very, it's a really nice place to put in a Gandhi quote. <laughs> Ripping off a head. Yeah, it's exactly what he was talking about when he said that. Yeah, okay, so let's rate the movie. Hmm? Uh, should you go first, Oran? Okay, uh, so I must say I really, really liked this movie. I thought it was really funny and obviously low budget, but they really tried to make the best of it and... They made fun of their own effects, kind of. And the story was a bit stupid at times, but as you said, there aren't that many loose ends. So they kind of made it work. So, yeah, I actually had, I really enjoyed it. So I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, and uh, I can go next here. And I want, I'm just going to agree with Adam. Uh, there is not much to complain about here. I think the jokes are good. I think the acting is okay. It's bad at sometimes, but it's it's good overall. And I think the dialogue is good, and especially between Doug and Carol. Uh, the only thing that I want to complain about is how they show up to certain scenes, like when uh, when a father Stewart uh, shows up as a per- an injured person at the. Chinese headquarters, like how did he turn up there, and and how did Dog find out where the ninjas lived so fast? Uh, you don't even see them talking about it. So besides that, which isn't that much to complain about, because I can get why he did so. Uh, he also managed to keep the movie relatively short because uh, you didn't and you didn't really get tired of the movie because they, it was too short you can always complain about movies being too long and for people making movies wanted to be a specific time for it to make sense but uh, i think it was good that he made this shorter so i'm also going to give this uh, 8 out of 10 uh yeah uh, for me it's it was like one of these movies that's so bad that it's good it's very entertaining for what it is it, it is stupid, but it knows it's stupid. So, uh, and I actually laughed quite a lot at a lot of things in this movie. So, I enjoyed it. There were stupid things. The transitions were stupid, and the effects were obviously bad. But it was kind of fun as well. Something that bothered me, though, that it's like uh, when he was driving in his car in the beginning, he had this like rocking uh, soundtrack driving. And then it just cuts to him being in the jungle, and it's and it's like the music doesn't stop when it cuts, but it fades out in a weird way. So it's just like calm music and jungle noises after that, kind of annoying. And a few other things were annoying as well, but I still had a good time. Uh, uh, seven out of ten, I think. Yeah, you. Well... The weird thing about this is I can't really relate to the other three in this. Um, I have to say, I didn't get the plot at all after it came to China. 
like listening to uh, the rest of the guys talk about the plot was as new to me as to the listeners, probably. So, uh, sadly, I don't think I can give the plot a fair rating without seeing it again. But uh, uh, the bad effects were funny, and uh, the text uh, of the burning car was really, really funny. And, uh, yeah, several fun moments, I guess. I left quite a bit of times. I give it a 5 out of 10. There you have it. Pretty high uh, rates, actually, uh, for being a movie in this series. Uh, And remember that you can contact us at bmso.contact at gmail.com. We're happy for all sorts of feedback and, of course, suggestions of bad movies. With that said, see you next time. Bye. 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 Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.